and welcome to the Service Operations Podcast. I am your host, Satinder Kaur. Our guests are from different industries and functions. They will share their experience, strategies and the changing landscape to help you take the service operations of your business to the next level. Welcome, Hari, to the Service Operations Podcast. Uh, thank you for your time uh, for this conversation. Hari has uh, spent about over 15 years in operations, risk, and customer service. And if one has to do a root cause analysis, Hari can go down to the last atom and find what the problem is. So that's the best way that I can describe you. And um, uh, having uh, set up service in two startups, and also having gone through the evolution of credit cards in the early days, uh, take us through your journey as well as how exactly did you do the setup? Because a setup in a startup is what we are looking to uh, listen to you. Thanks, man. Thanks for the intro. Uh, it was kind of you to uh, remember the uh, uh, earlier days in terms of how we've handled service and uh, happy to have been part of the unit which which worked on this uh, uh, earlier days in the bank. Yeah, uh, yeah, spent uh, more than 15 years in operations, in customer service and in risk, uh, predominantly on the payment space, both on the issuing side and the acquiring side of the payments business. Uh, yes, had uh, was fortunate to uh, set up the operations and customer service um, in a couple of uh, startups. Basically, the evolution that happens typically is you use the, the the growth of operations or customer service typically is a zero to one where you're trying to build the product a one to ten in terms of handling the initial uh, interactions with customers, both in terms of their association with the product and their experience with the product. And ten to hundred is basically the scale, building it for scale. So yeah. in the bank, it was more of a 10 to 100 because the initial setup was already done and hence it was more of uh, building it uh, from a 10 to 100 kind of a scale. But in the startup, you get the experience in terms of handling it from a 0 to 1 and a 1 to 10 uh, experience. So that way, I think I've seen all the three cycles. So would be happy to share uh, my um, experiences in terms of how a server setup uh, is, is designed and is thought about and we went about how did we implement it in my uh, last, uh, meaning in the couple of startups that I worked with. Okay, okay, so, that's great. Let us know what is the kind of thinking you do first. There is something that you would think of and specifically in a startup, you are, uh, it's not a standard setup as in, you know, you don't at this point know what your volume is going to be, what kind of customer, uh, you know, you're going to have. So you first tell us about this whole thinking phase of, uh, you know, starting. Perfect, man. I think you gave the right uh, uh, connector to the discussion. Typically in the uh, uh, thinking stage, there are three stages in which uh, we go about doing it. One is first, what is our CX strategy? I call it as customer experience uh, rather than limiting it to only customer service. Yeah. So one is, what is the customer experience strategy? Uh, from the strategy basically evolves the structure. And from the structure comes the uh, people. So basically, we start with what is it we want to achieve in our customer experience strategy. In the customer experience strategy, uh, typically the evolution has been in terms of not just thinking of a service unit, because service unit is the last part. I would put four pillars to a customer experience strategy. 
the first pillar is basically to say how would you define or design your products in such a way where there would be customer interactions which are minimal meaning customer need not look at having any point of exception where he needs to reach out to somebody for a support so this this i would call it as an issue prevention pillar uh, where how do i define my product and processes in a way that it does not create issue for a customer a simple example could be that uh, uh, i have defined a method in which customer can repay their credit card outstanding and uh, have i created a backup payment gateway as well so that even if the payment gateway one fails there is a gateway two that will get initiated okay. and that becomes part of the strategy in designing to say that how can we avoid an issue that is an issue prevention pillar the second prevention the second pillar of that is yeah in spite of all the planning onto it so <laughs> i was i was yeah. coming to that yeah so yeah meaning it, it's it's a fallout so i'm sure that we don't we cannot uh, um, uh, envisage certain uh, issues or even if we envisage we may not get that from day one so after issue prevention there will still be issues that will happen if that issue happen then the customer is at a point of exception and in that scenario how is that i can create a case where it is a ticket prevention a ticket means an interaction with uh, uh, with uh, with the company how is that that can be prevented okay that is the second pillar in which we think in the product itself where at the point of failure what is that can be communicated to the customer where the customer is aware of what am i expected to do next a uh, simple example could be that uh, customer try to make a payment i'll take the same example customer try to make a payment and uh, customer made a payment and the payment failed okay so uh, now what is that the customer needs to do at the point of failure okay has to be told to the customer if it is being told in the journey then mm-hmm. you are eliminating you are keeping that entire interaction itself in a flow to say that the customer knows that if in case the payment fails what am i expected to do and if my account has been debited should i need to wait for a couple of days or if my account has not been debited then can i reinitiate that payment so we envisage the points of failure and on the point of failure if the customer where where to tread that path what is it the customer can do so this basically is the interaction prevention or i would call it as a ticket prevention uh, pillar uh, ticket prevention pillar typically uh, is uh, managed through proactive communication to the customer and handling it in the journey of the customer flow be it a transaction be it a payment be it a rewards redemption everywhere what could be points of failure and in the point of failure how do i handhold that customer the third prevention yeah in spite of communication to the customer we may be doing all proactive communication your payment has failed it will take about say 5 days for the money to come back into your bank account could be a communication but in spite of that there would be customers who would who would have the apprehension in terms of what am i supposed to do next because there is money involved on to it if there is money involved if there is money involved and uh, customers anxiety levels are much higher so their yeah, apprehensions yeah. are much higher in that case the third pillar what we put in design thinking there is to create it as a um, automation which is your uh, entire interaction where customer would still interact with uh, the with the company but how is that that can be made without any human intervention yeah that is the third pillar in which uh, there are multiple tools meaning the uh, age old tool was an ibr uh, which has gone through so much of uh, growth but uh, the recent ones are basically uh, bots uh, or service bots which gets an interaction to the customer on his handheld or on the web where they get instant support which is available it could be a chat or it could be a, a bot
However, how is this service can be given without a human intervention? That is the third pillar. Yeah, in spite of that, there will be customers who would want to reach out to somebody because it is money involved or they need some reassurance to say that whatever has been told is going to happen. Okay, so the fourth pillar actually comes in terms of human handling, which is the actual service part, which uh, where what we talk about a customer service, setting up the team, having a dialer, putting up a desk, having the people, giving them training, how do they handle knowledge, all these things are part of the fourth pillar, which is the human interaction with the consumer. Wow. Yeah. So, you so, really, you know, simplified the entire large exercise into, you know, small pieces. So, we'll get into each one uh, in a little bit of detail. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hari, you can tell us the details of each of the pillars which you have so neatly defined. You've uh, simplified a very complex subject. Yeah. Uh, the four pillars that we set out, just a recap. One is a issue prevention. The second one is a ticket prevention. Uh, the third one is a ticket automation. And the fourth one, I'll call it as an effective resolution. Uh, how is that when a customer reaches out to a human? How is that we can give complete and correct resolution in the first time that goes with the consumer? So these are the four pillars uh, to it. The first three pillars, I would call it as the CX design element uh, because these are not the actual interaction. These are the customer's interaction to the product. So this is the CX design element. And the fourth one is the CX ops element, which is where there is a human intervention. All our uh, um, the age-old uh, uh, metrics that we have built in terms of first call resolution or an AHT handling and all those things falls under the fourth bucket which is the effective resolution for any customer who has landed up into our uh, discussion area. So we'll start with the uh, issue uh, prevention uh, segment. Yeah. Uh, if you have to understand what each of these pillars can do, we typically then look at what are the measurements that we will do against each of these pillars. So typically each of the pillars then if you define what is that we will measure against this. So we start with measurements against each of these pillars, which are the measures that we will do. Basis the measures, then we go ahead in terms of looking at what is the tools that we would need to achieve those measurements. And basis the tools, then we start looking at the, our strategy in terms of which are the channels that we need to provide support to the consumer, which is our primary channel and which is our alternate channel. From there, what is our um, support timings, right? All these becomes inputs to the fourth pillar, which is the CX operations. So we start with uh, what is uh, the measurements that will help us in each of these pillars. So let me just take, just take a, uh, I'm not segregating between the first three pillars. All these three pillars fall under the CX design element. On the design element, the primary metric that today drives is basically a contact to transactions. Uh, if, if there are 100 transactions that has happened, where the customers have done transactions onto it, how many customers end up contacting uh, the uh, service unit, which is the company, right? Issue prevention, that's the first one. Issue prevention, because that is looking at an overall level. It is not tracking, it's looking at a portfolio and not looking at a particular interaction that has happened. Mm -hmm. So the uh, issue prevention and the issue uh, uh, resolution part of it, we look at CTD, which is contact to transactions ratio, which talks about if there are 100 transactions that has happened. Let's assume that a customer would come into an onboarding journey, right? They would go through the onboarding journey, get themselves onboarded, get a card issued, card or a loan, whichever is the product that is getting issued. Then they will have repeated uh, uh, 
uh, exchanges that will happen with the company, be it say in the case of a card, it would be they would do a rewards redemption, they would do a purchase transaction, they would do a repayment. Right? So they have X number of activities that they will do and each is a point of interaction with the company. right? Yeah. And at each point of interaction, how is that we are ensuring that there is no need for the customer to contact or reach out? That becomes a measure to say that whether the product has been designed in a way where the contact to transactions ratio is on the lower side. So if there are okay. 100 transactions that has happened, uh, what would be a right indicator? It depends upon the industry. Uh, Industry-wise, yeah. it varies. There would be certain industries where there is a higher apprehension. So there would be high touch point that would happen. But for certain products, there may not be high touch points. Touch point happens only at the time of onboarding. And subsequently, it is more in terms of like for a loan, uh, there is not much high touch points for the consumer. Once the onboarding is done and the loan is disbursed to the consumer, after which yeah. it's a monthly one's activity in terms of the EMI being processed. And if there are any issues in the EMI, that is also an automated process where the customer is not initiating and customer gets intimation to the same. So typically the entire process depends upon the number of touch points that the customer has with the product. And hence a product with higher touch points will have a higher ratio with respect to a contact to transactions. And how do we address the contact is basically gets thinking into the uh, journey of the consumer. A simple example that I can take is that same example of repayments. When a customer comes, what should the customer see in terms of repayments? Typically in a credit card, the customer would have received the card statement on an email and they will have to go and make a payment onto another uh, bank's website or any other third party page website that they would need to do. This is going to be a point of disconnect. How is that I can give that the customer can initiate a payment at the point of statement itself? If I give that information, I'm not missing out on the customer having a follow to say that, yeah, I have this statement and I can make a payment from where, from the point at which I have seen the statement. This is a design element that comes in. And if the customer goes into the point at which he's initiating a payment, what is it the customer needs to do? He needs to know how much is this minimum amount due? What is this total amount due? He needs to do certain information which upfront gets available to a consumer. So we are basically thinking through the customer journey at each point and what could be a touch point for the consumer? How can we ensure that all these are readily available for the consumer to avoid that interaction? That becomes part of the journey. Yeah, so I just have one quick question. When a customer is onboarding, because it's the first time the customer is doing it, you know, and these are not age-old practices, because every product that a customer buys, the onboarding journey could be different. So it's not yes. like he knows what to do. Now, at that point of time, the customer would need some kind of help Yes. So how does that work in a fully automated scenario that you're talking about? Is there any intervention required? Sure, ma'am. I get your uh, question there. So the, uh, the design uh, element over there is to look at what are the points of failure in the onboarding journey. Okay. So at every point, where could be a customer getting dropped in my onboarding journey? Okay. okay. The issue prevention is then thinking about how can I eliminate that point of failure? If you're creating, say, 10 uh, steps that the customer need to complete, uh, do I need to have all the 10 steps for the customer to get onboarded? Or can I look at that the steps can be uh, clubbed together to look at minimum number of steps? So one, yeah. one line of thinking is to say, how many hops can it be reduced? The second uh, thinking over there is that, do all the steps needs to be done in a sequential method? Or can it be done certain activities in parallel? Because let's assume that we are working with getting some information from PAN services, getting some information from the bureau, getting some information on doing. If you keep it into a sequential method, then it goes 
saying that yeah one yeah. one step has to be completed then the next step starts so there is a wait time for the consumer how can we design the processes which can work parallelly and at the point of decision we can take whether the customer gets qualified for giving a card or a loan and or does it not right so basically in the design element itself we look at parallel or sequential processing and reducing the number of hops that would be needed for a consumer our worst case scenario is that yes uh, i may not be able to onboard 100% of my customers through the flow there will be fallouts that will happen in the step at that point of failure let's assume that a customer is doing a, a, a case of a penny verification right so it's it, it is possible that the customer does not have uh, let's assume say uh, his uh, uh, remember his bank account and ifsc for doing a penny verification as a process right so we are basically making him go out of the flow and then collect certain information and come back this is a point of failure even if the uh, transaction is not failed the delay in terms of customer not having information in the flow itself is a point of failure exactly we say that what is that which is much easier for them uh, a vpa or a, uh, the upi vpa is a much easier thing for the consumer to remember it typically is mobile number at the rate whatever is the handle that we have so that becomes a, a design element which will ensure that how can we give alternatives to the consumers where the customer is not moving away from our flow and staying within the flow and in spite of that if there is a failure which becomes a point of failure which i am referring to at that point what is that i will explain the customer to say that what is he supposed to do next what is the yeah, call that, that's yeah. very important yeah so the call to action basically then is in terms of if the customer needs to wait and somebody from our end will have to look into it let's tell the customer that you will have to wait for this and then we will come back to you okay. if the call to action is an alternative thing to say that yeah maybe the detail that you provided is a mismatch on to it would you want to try with an alternate bank account on ifsc is another call to action so we will have to list down all the call to actions that can be given to the consumer check what is the point of failure and offer this as a solution to the consumer in the flow uh typically uh, the design is that you have transaction happening on one side and you will have customer service on another page even mm. even there so typically customers would go into okay where is the contact us page where is the customer service mm. number which i need to reach out to right providing that at the point of failure itself is a big yeah. service to the consumer because he knows that what am i supposed to do next exactly and exactly and this is very typical because i mean of course you are talking about a fully automated or digitized process but even in you know hybrid processes uh, finding where to go is like one big it actually you made a point by saying that it should be at the place where the uh, drop exactly. or the failure happens yeah or the breakage happens yes, that's no. really very, very valid yeah and uh, then then what we look at we look at other metrics in terms of these are portfolio level metrics because these are not individual interactions the other metric which typically is being used now is an nps as a metric which is your net promoter score in different forms where you are looking at what is the percentage of your promoters as against your detractors to it which is a simple method of giving giving a survey to the consumer and looking at what has been their uh, affinity towards um, the the program that's overall not just linking it to the service element alone because that feedback is looking at giving in consumers view on the entire business and the product including the service yeah Uh, this this is one method at a design element which gets evaluated the other element on uh, the design element is what is the time taken from the time the customer uh, had a query till the time they had a resolution okay this of course is a uh, in 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 our parlance we call the tat 
the tag is for not for actual resolution for 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 example customer raised a ticket and when did we resolve the ticket is only a smaller measure but uh, looking at it from the end to end point to say that at what is the point of failure to then what is the point of resolution what is the total time taken for us to handle that customer experience goes into the product uh, the cx ops element will only take care of it from the time customer raised a ticket to yeah. the time i have resolved it okay there could be a percentage of customers who are not even raising a ticket right so if there are 100 yeah. customers who have got dropped in the onboarding journey right and out of that let's assume say 10 customers raised an issue that i couldn't the remaining we 90 customers we lost right but how do i ensure that these 90 customers are also being brought into the entire uh, journey for us mm-hmm. to look at it is what is the entire end to end issue to resolution uh, yeah. timeline that gets looked at it from a product point of view not just from a servicing point of view mm-hmm. uh, yes of course there are other smaller met- metrics that uh, uh, comes in which are standard metrics that we have in terms of uh, what is the cost of a channel which channel do we use these are standard uh, ones that yeah. we always use and what is the automation percentage out of the total number of queries that we receive how many queries are being addressed without a human intervention versus with a human intervention right yeah, yeah. The, the 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 evolution of that automation is basically to say uh, issues which have higher customer anxiety or apprehension right and issues which are complex in nature at the point of failure itself should be given a human uh, resolution instead of the customer needing to go through yeah. automated steps and then having it because if you know that a particular issue type for example my bank account is debited but my payment is not reflecting is a high anxiety scenario for a consumer so for that customer can i give a online chat feature at that point in time rather than asking the customer to basically uh, wait for 5 days or come back after some time right so yeah. this goes in uh, the the decisioning of what are the design elements that we this is these design elements then we get into the uh, thought process to say that which is our primary channel uh, if you actually look at it uh, products which are app based products typically would want to keep app as the primary channel for resolution yeah. because is. the journey is built into the app and then hence app can handle the entire experience yeah products which have both app as well as web on to it will have multiple channels but predominantly we need to define clearly which is our primary channel for service to the consumer because most of your focus is going to go into that channel to build it effectively subsequent channels are also available in terms of coverage do i have an inbound call feature do i have an inbound email yeah but it's avoidable oh, if, it's avoidable so right? i think i think if uh, if things get solved uh, of course it customer education level is one point but if things get solved at the same channel in which the customers interacting then only the drops will go to the other channels and you really don't want those ch- him to go there in the yes. first place yes yes how effective have we been able to design uh, the point of failures and the customer support at the point of failure is the strength of uh, the, the first three yeah. pillars that we spoke about yeah. now coming to the uh, the fourth pillar which is the operations cx operations the pillar there uh, time and tested metrics are available it talks about call abandonment rate or number of interaction that has happened with the consumer to resolve a particular uh, uh, issue that the customer has is the customer reopening a particular issue that we have already resolved how many times are they reopening that case what is the uh, case where there is a uh, the average response time from uh, the customer raising it to we resolving it how much time is it typically taking these are the standard first call resolution all these are standard metrics that 
most of the service units have already excelled or they basically have tools where they can uh, excel and then uh, keep building onto it. Uh, but, the, but the entire tooling basically uh, needs to be thought about in the product itself for the first three pillars. Yeah. I think that's where the segregation comes in terms of if you look at service as a unit, yeah, we have a dialer solution, we have a ticketing solution which is available, we have a board, we'll have a chat feature which is available. All these are interactions which will sit in the fourth uh, pillar which is mm. consumer's effective resolution. But what sits within the organization is the actual product. If you are able yeah. to design the product, thinking the elements of issue prevention, ticket prevention and ticket automation, uh, the residue is what is going to go into an operations. I have another question uh, for you here. Uh, this is a first time setup. So for a moment, if you think that, yes, we have done everything very perfectly. What is the way in which uh, you are trying to find further, uh, you know, improvements into in each of these? Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, so this this is at a strategy level as to what is the, uh, this, this strategy uh, definition basically has an output. The output of that is that I would know which are the channels that I would want to offer to my consumer and what is my service timings that will be available to it, which is my primary yeah. channel. And within the primary channel, what are the, uh, what to say, uh, metrics that I would track? This basically gets well defined with the, with the first section. Subsequent to that, then we start looking at it to say that for each of these segments, what is the uh, detailing or need that I should start with, right? So it basically starts with defining unhappy flows for consumers, right? What is an unhappy flow for a consumer has to be defined at each step in the product journey for a consumer. It could start from customer getting onboarded or even, even hearing about before us that. before that, exactly. Yeah. So what could be an unhappy flow for a consumer has to get defined. In the unhappy flow, then we are talking about how do I address an unhappy flow with multiple options to the consumer. This becomes the first starting point. The fallout of this exercise will basically lead into what is the customer education that I need to give. What is the uh, solutioning that I need to give to the consumer to say that do the customer need a self-help here? Or do the customer need a, a bot solution here? Or do we need a, somebody to answer the customer or explain the customer for a scenario which needs a human intervention, right? So the entire journey starts with defining what are the unhappy flows and how do we prevent an unhappy flow, right? So when we define an unhappy flow for the consumer, then we are looking at which are the, the unhappy flows results into what are the points of failure. And points of failure from there picks on to with respect to which are the areas that we need to start giving solutions to the consumers, right? From here, then we move into what are the tools that we would need in terms of building this entire strategy, right? Okay. So we, we spoke about multiple components to this entire customer experience journey, right? So the basic thing would be to know that, yeah, I have a consumer, meaning I have a customer, and I know the details about the customer for which they may need to reach out to us, right? So having the basic information about the customer and at what point or what is the issue that the customer would have faced uh, or what was his last interaction that has happened becomes a starting point for it, right? So all the tools that would be needed to do this, right, from uh, having an IVR in place or having an in-house dashboard which tells about what are the consumer tickets that have come in, what is the customer stage which is there. These are some things which, which have evolved. There are a lot of third-party products that are available which help in terms of assisting uh, existing customer experience unit for building these stuff. So we basically then need to prioritize within that to say that which channel do we start with and which tool do we start with as a basic thing. 
this basically is more in terms of available products which can fit into our strategy and from there on build the uh, exercise of having a full fledged servicing unit so now the last bit is the customer service the traditional style when you are setting the process the human intervention is not necessarily required at the last uh, stage you also need a human intervention maybe at the first i mean at every point you don't need it but you need to have it yes ma'am i agree with you actually uh, the learnings that come over there is that in case there is a point of failure what is the effective resolution for the point of failure is an open question it need not be a case where yeah. i would always give bot as a as a solution, uh, solution to the consumer if if a point of failure has higher ctd uh, that's where mm-hmm. the metric of ctd comes in contact to transactions let's yeah. let's take the example where a uh, customer uh, is uh, doing a transaction on which customer will get a statement Okay. okay. How many customers? Uh, so let's assume that I have sent statements to say ten lakh consumers, and how many customers reached out to us, understanding what is there in the statement, right? This let's assume that this number yeah. is, is X. Okay. Typical uh, thing. Typical. That, uh, I'm so surprised that even today uh, we always presumed that a credit card user is one who always knows what to do, and in uh, some websites you still find terms like past statement. uh current statement and you know it's so confusing because in devings account it is very simple you want statement for which month here right. you'll have billing cycle i don't know i'm i don't know why we still use those terms which we think that everyone knows sure yeah i i agree actually un- understanding the customer what the customer would interpret it as and especially the new customers even 18 year olds uh, start using you know i mean they use banking completely they are not just banking finance borrowing and those kind of things and they are not the people who understand you know what we all the kind of terms that are still in use so i think this um, usage and simplifying the usage uh, the terms with the customer uses is very important uh, yes ma'am in fact that's a very you know important point and now that we are talking about it, it i'm also remembering you know now earlier when we wrote emails also you know it is dear so and so and then you end it with whatever but today i mean it's 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 casual conversation and uh, you know you just start with hi and you know you say what you want to say and you're not building a context around it and uh, i think yeah you really made a very good point that communication whether you are in a digital world whether you are in the physical world whether you are face to face has to be as simple and as you know uh, uh, minimal correct minimal yes ma'am if you actually see uh, if you have standard responses that are there we tend to skip the first two lines because we know that those are standard templates we don't want we don't consume we need what is the real message in terms of the resolution as, as a customer if i have reported for some issue and i'm expecting it has been resolved and what is actual resolution that has happened so the communication is towards in terms of yes it has been resolved that's the first message and what is actual resolution is the second message exactly. everything else exactly. can then wait in terms of uh, template that we it's have. not required <laughs> in the age where people don't want to spend so much time with each other i think it's just not required Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll just pick up on uh, scenarios with respect to the uh, uh, the metrics that we spoke about. Yeah. On on the on the consumer uh, CX ops uh, metrics that we spoke about, right? These are fairly evolved metrics that we already track, uh, and uh, these metrics are uh, typically tracked to ensure the efficiency of the channel that is being set up, and in terms of effectiveness for the consumer. 
one big metric that uh, we basically look at is the csat customer satisfaction yeah okay uh, customer satisfaction where uh, yes it it involves what is the customers the resolution has been provided by the company how is the customers uh, association to that resolution was it positive or was it negative is a key input for redesigning the elements which has already been set up right okay. so one thing that one thing that we we clearly uh, put uh, importance on is that yeah meaning in 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 the current age aht has no relevance even if there are higher calls if these are still exceptions that can be managed right but however a csat is a non compromisable uh, metric uh, you might not have used a standard template you might have not have addressed dear so and so sir or dear so and so customer to it as long as the customer is happy with the ref- with the response that you given it takes care of the entire issue of whether completeness correctness so csat yeah. as a response to the consumer is that moment of truth to say that the customer has been happy with the resolution provided what takes it from there on is to figure out whether a customer who has given a who's had a issue and has been resolved how has that customer's behavior with us in terms of subsequent business to the company be that becomes a real uh, after uh, evaluation to say that yes people will have issues the issues have been addressed how soon how completely how quickly have we resolved those issues after which has their normalcy come in are the customers still doing transactions are they doing as much transactions as what they were doing earlier or are they doing more transactions than what they were doing or they completely switched off your app and then they're not yeah. using the thing becomes a real metric for us to know that yes whatever effort that has been put in is going on so it's possible yeah. that the customer has given a good csat he was happy with the resolution but he stopped using the card right this is is not a good measure for us right yeah. because as an intermediate measure he was happy with what we gave but overall he wasn't uh, having a great experience with the product yeah that is where we start rethinking in terms of how do we bring these customers again into the fold to ensure that cpl is not the only metric nps is not the only metric how do we get the customer to transact is the real proof of the pudding yeah so one is what i'm understanding you say is that you need to at any point of time you need to see many metrics together you can't see yeah. metrics in isolation because they don't make sense and yes. the second thing i also wanted to ask you was that at what point do you do the survey or at what point do you ask the customer happy with the the resolution or not or whether he is happy with any kind of solution that you have given yes ma'am i think uh, uh, there if you want to have a holistic feedback about customers association to the product right the, uh, we don't need to really define uh, the uh, point at which it needs to be there it could be in any of the journey the customer okay. uh, from an from an nps point of view uh, we basically look at someone who has been with us for some time or someone who is new is our uh, nps trending with respect to a new customer having a higher affinity or a higher promotion score to us as compared to a, uh, a customer who's who's been with the product for long this basically mm-hmm. this this cohorts gives us understanding in terms of whether the customer affinity over a period of time grew or over a period of time is is uh, stable uh, plateaued or it is decreasing if it is decreasing what improvement needs to be done then so you go back it. and uh, you go back to your atom and yes, figure ma'am. out <laughs> where exactly is the problem yeah right. so yes, so really yes. looking at uh, nps as a number is is not the measure or even at that point in time it, it is not uh, it's only letting us know to say that yeah there has been a uh, uh, product market fit and the customer association to the product has been positive but mm. is it improving has to be seen in different life cycle right so customer goes through a life cycle he'll first get a registration he'll do some transactions 
he'll do some payments. Then he will have uh, uh, issues, or if there are any complaints that they will raise, how do you handle it? So at each part of the life cycle, how has been the customer experience gets then measured. So if we have to run a CSAT, right? CSAT typically is after resolution of any complaint yeah. the customer has uh, reported to us. But an NPS measure is something where customer has been in the life cycle at multiple points in time. Any customer, a list of customers who've just got onboarded and have still not done a transaction versus customers who've done, uh, got onboarded, have done transactions as well. Hmm. And certain set of customers where who've done transactions and have made their repayments as well. Someone who's used our features that we claim to be better features also. So it gives us the, the understanding to say that what we claim to be superior uh, customer uh, experience to the is product. It, is it, yeah, is it really superior? Hari, you really like, you know, enlightened everything very systematically as you always do. If you want to give uh, some message to the people who are listening to you, whether in the startup uh, ecosystem or in the startup area or in any, any other product, what is the message that you would like uh, the listeners to uh, take away? Sure, ma'am. Only one thing uh, that I, that typically I, I uh, that's close to uh, uh, the service uh, part that we give. The person who is giving the service has to be in the forefront. Uh, the CX ops element that we spoke about, right? Typically, uh, the CX is a separate department or a function, meaning the service team is a separate, and inputs from the team gets used by a different department in terms of uh, uh, improving onto it. This this will lead to a lot of uh, failure in terms of communication. The person who is handling the consumer is the best person to give product input as well and improvement in the products as well. So how do we ensure that this uh, communication is seamless becomes the strength of uh, the service strategy? That is that is something where small, small things to say that, okay, meaning you don't need a service team which is sitting in a different office where your product team is sitting in a different office, right? In a startup, at least we have this agility and the size which helps us in mm-hmm. terms of having everybody together, right? Why, yeah. why, why would a startup have this benefit is because somebody who is answering the consumer call or seeing the consumer failures onto it is going and giving that input into the product so that the product can 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 build, right? As scale and size grows, how do yeah. we structurally define to ensure that that input is going into the product that, is, mm-hmm. defines the success of the service strategy? That would that would be my simple suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, Hari, for your time, for your experience. And again, once again, I'm repeating for you know taking us systematically through how you have done your uh, you know uh, setups. Thank you so much, Hari. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for this uh, discussion. Happy to uh, have shared this. Uh, we've learned a lot from you, and it is basically a time of sharing it back with you. And thanks. Also oh, nice, and I I think we might tap your resource again <laughs> whenever yeah, required. Sure, ma'am. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.